Success Road Podcast, Episode 18, The Number One Reason Marriages Fail. Welcome back to the Success Road Podcast. My name is Joshua Rivers, your host from podcastguide.co. And this is the podcast to help you on your journey, realizing that success is not a destination. It is a journey. It's a day-by-day experience that we have. Once we reach a level of success, we don't just stop. We enjoy what we have, but we look forward and we continue to climb higher. That is what we're looking at on this podcast. In this particular episode, it is another one that I pulled from the archives. It is a solo episode, just myself um, speaking, and I am covering the topic about why marriages fail. And so I am not an expert per se. I've been married for over 12 years right now. I've seen many other marriages and I've seen the ups and downs. I've seen good marriages, seen bad marriages. And in the time that I was assistant pastor at a couple different churches, I was able to see maybe a little bit of the background of several different families. And so, and through all of it, one of the things that I've noticed is that this is the number one reason why marriages fail and even many of the other issues and other problems, other reasons that people quote for, um, marriage is failing, whether that is in divorce or whether that's just in an unfulfilled relationship, is it even boils back down to this number one reason. And so we'll get into that here in just a minute as I transition into it. But before we get to that, you can get the show notes by going to joshuarivers.net slash 018. And I would love to be able to hear your comments as well. So if you go to that page, you can be able to scroll down and leave a comment in the section below. And so I would love to hear your thoughts on this as well. So without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and transition right into that previous discussion that I had regarding why marriages fail. If you've heard people quote statistics and things like that, there's going to be a couple things that are on the top of that list. And of course, there would be infidelity, there would be money. And so those type of things would be at the top of the list, but that's not really the root cause. And so before I get into what I believe is the number one reason, I'm going to read a list here from an article online. And the article is the top 10 reasons marriages end in divorce. And so I'll have a link to this in the show notes if you want to read more about this. I'm just going to do a quick read of these 10 things. And so number one is lack of communication. Number two is finances. Number three, feeling constrained. Number four, trust. Number five, expectations from each other. Number six, your spouse doesn't understand or fulfill your needs and desires. Number seven, quick change in lifestyle. Number eight, insecurity. Number nine, religious and cultural differences. And then number 10, abuse. And so this was based on a survey that was conducted by the National Fatherhood Institute. And so 
Um, I haven't looked specifically at that um, survey myself yet, but um, apparently this study and this article is based on that uh, survey. And so anyway, just to kind of give you an idea of what we're looking at here. And so this is not a normal list uh, per se of what you, what you would think. And so finance is on, is on there. Um, but it doesn't necessarily narrow down to the normal things that we normally hear of. And so, but these are some of the symptoms, some of the things that are kind of behind the reasons that people give for divorce. And so now I do want to say that as I'm talking about this thing here about marriages failing, just because a person or a couple does not get divorced, that does not mean that it's a successful marriage. Let me say that again. Just because a couple has not divorced, that does not mean that it's a successful marriage. And so I say that because there are many couples that they stay married, but the only reason they stay married is because they just don't think it's right to divorce or they just uh, think it's more convenient to just stay married and more or less act as roommates. And so they just stay married, but that does not mean that their marriage is a success. And so I would consider that type of marriage a failure as well. Now, the number one reason for marriage failure is selfishness. We could also kind of pair that up with pride. And so I believe that this is the number one reason why any relationship fails, especially a marriage relationship. If we were to look in Ephesians chapter 5, the end of the chapter talks about the relationship of a husband and a wife. And so it kind of uh, uses the illustration of the relationship between the church and Christ, and it puts a comparison between them and the relationship of a husband and wife and how we're supposed to treat each other. And so too many times, though, especially guys, we tend to look at that and we see the verse in verse number 22 where it, uh, where the Bible says that the wife is to submit to the husband. And so we take that and we slap it against the woman's forehead and says, you need to do what I say. Well, that's not what the Bible's saying. So first of all, that's out of context. And second of all, we miss the verse before that, verse 21. Verse 21 is the basis for all the rest of it. Verse 21 says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So it's not just one submitting to the other, it's both submitting to each other. So the husband is supposed to submit to the wife, just as the wife is to submit to the husband. And so that word submit means to give up your own will, your own desires to the will and the desires of another person. And so, of course, ultimately, we're to submit to God, submit to Christ and his leadership. And so, and as we do that, he has a will, he has his desires of what he wants us to do, and we have our own, and we're supposed to give up our own for what he wants. Now, as we look at a marriage relationship, that does not mean that one person gets the control, one person gets the say. It's when you get into a situation that your 
job, your desire should be to try to satisfy the other person, not to satisfy yourself. And when you both, when you're both doing that, it's able to be successful. And so because you both want each other to be happy and as a result of trying to make each other happy, you're able to be happy as well. And so, but you both have to be doing it. I'm also reminded of a quote that I've heard from C.S. Lewis regarding humility, which is the opposite of pride. And that is humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. And so that doesn't mean that we have to degrade ourselves. We have to think that we are any less of a person or any less valuable because we're not. God has placed value on each and every one of us. God loves each and every one of us, and he wants the best for each and every one of us. But as we are approaching each other and as we try to work with each other, we're supposed to try to look out for the needs and the desires of others as well. Now, this doesn't take away from the fact of needing to take care of our our basic needs and desires and making sure that we are capable and fit to be able to help others. And so I, I've heard a lot of different examples and illustrations regarding this. And so we do need to take care of ourselves. There is a portion of our life that we do have to take care of ourselves. We have to have some time to ourselves to be able to have a relationship with God, to be able to work on our physical fitness, to be able to increase in our intellectual um, growth as well. And so we need that personal time to be able to kind of focus on ourselves. But ultimately, if we're doing it right, that's not a selfish thing because our ultimate desire should be to be able to grow ourselves so that we can turn around and help others grow as well. And so in a marriage, when we're looking at this idea of selfishness, that is the thing that tears couples apart because, because you have each couple or each person in the marriage that they're just looking out for what they want, not for what the other person wants. And so I've uh, seen this a lot. And so I've worked with people um, in my jobs. And so it wasn't a counseling type of session or anything like that, but I just hear the way that they talk about their spouse. And so they, they talk about the fact that they're just going to do what they want to do. It doesn't matter what she wants. She wants me to, be home at this time, but I'm just going to stay out and be able to hang out with my friends because that's what I want to do and blah, blah, blah. They're not taking in consideration the other person's feelings or what the other person would like from them because they think that they're the man. They're supposed to make the rules. They're supposed to lead. They're supposed to do do all these different things that has been ingrained in us. But that's a not the best view of what God has in store for us. Yes, the Bible does say that the man's supposed to be the head of the household. He's supposed to be the leader in the home. But that does not mean that he's supposed to be the dictator. It doesn't mean that he's allowed to do just whatever he wants to do. There still needs to be a balance there. And so there's supposed to be that mutual respect. There's supposed to be, again, coming back to that verse that says that we're supposed to submit to each other. And so if we look deeper into that passage, it does say the wife is supposed to submit to the husband, but then it says that the husband is to love the wife as he loves himself. And so if you don't love your wife 
as much as you love yourself, if you don't try to take care of your wife as much as you take care of yourself, if you don't do that, then you are failing as a husband. And so now I'm speaking primarily to guys on this part, but it goes both ways. And so we need to learn to be able to give up some of our selfish desires sometimes and give in to the desires of our spouse so that we can look out for their needs, their desires, and try to help satisfy their needs in that aspect. And in return, they should be looking out for ours as well. And so there's uh, plenty of times when my wife and I will sit down to watch a TV show or a movie or something like that. And I'm more into the um, action um, adventure uh, type of shows, um, maybe the, the police type shows um, with uh, with the crime scenes and different things like that. And she kind of likes some of that, but she also likes more of the romantic comedy and drama type of shows there. And so we have some kind uh sometimes there are shows overlap that we both like that uh kind of fall in, into a, a neutral territory, but there's definitely shows that she likes that I'm not so fond of. And there's shows that I like that she's not so fond of. And so we've come to have a, a compromise. We have an understanding to where sometimes we watch what she likes. And then there's times when we watch what I like. And so, and then there's other times when we just, um, have opportunity without the other and we're able to enjoy the shows on our own. But we have that mutual understanding. We're looking out for the desires of the other person, not just we're going to watch a show because this is what I want to watch. It's a discussion that we have to be able to try to come to an agreement. And so this can, uh, apply to a lot of different situations or any situation, I should say in our marriage. And so we need to be on the lookout for this. And so maybe a challenge is for you, if you have struggles in your marriage, perhaps in this area to where you guys are maybe on different levels or you don't seem to see eye to eye on a lot of things. And there's a lot of arguments and disagreements, or maybe it's um, turned away from that. And there's just a bunch of silence and you guys just don't talk about things because you know it's going to lead to an argument. You need to try to take a step back and take away that selfishness and look out for what is best for the other person. Which if we look at the definition of love, the true definition of love, not Hollywood's glamorized version of love, but true biblical love is a selfless, not selfish, a selfless giving type of love where you look out for the best interest of the other person. And that's exactly what God did for us. God had no vested interest other than he wanted to be with us. He gave his own son, Jesus Christ, for us so that we can be able to have a relationship with him and to be able to walk with him and eventually be able to spend eternity in heaven with him. He did that for us, for our good, not for his own. God's love is that way, and that's the kind of love that we're supposed to have for each other as well, not a what is in it for me kind of love, but what can I do for you kind of love. 
And so, again, this is contrary to the Hollywood type of love that is glamorized out there. The Hollywood type of love is seen in the movies to where the the man and the woman get together and then they come to the point to where they're professing, quote unquote, their love for each other. And they say, you make me want to be a better person. That sounds good, but that's a selfish desire because that's making you want to be better, not to try to make the other person better. And so even though it sounds good and it feels good and all that, that's not true love. Now, it might be closely related to that. That might show the love of the other person toward that person. But but true love is looking out for the good of the other person. And so want to be with that person because you want to help make them better. You want to help them to be able to succeed and to be able to go further in what God has for them. And so as we look at that in the marriage, we should try to build and strengthen each other. And as we do that, the marriage gets stronger, the family gets stronger, the kids are able to have a good foundation as they grow up, and they are able to see then a great example of what their love ought to be and how a relationship and a marriage is supposed to be. And so I'd like to encourage you to be able to try to take steps away from being selfish and try to look out for the needs of the other person. And so just kind of an encouragement for that. So I believe, I really strongly believe that selfishness and pride is the number one reason that marriages fail. Now, again, they may not end in divorce, but there's just not that happiness. There's not that success that can come in the marriage if that selfishness and that pride is not taken care of in in that relationship. Well, I hope this episode was helpful to you. I know that sometimes the subject of marriage is especially when marriages are not going well, that it can be a very touchy subject, but I hope that this was helpful to you. And if you're looking at your own relationship, your own marriage, remember that you need to start with yourself, not with trying to fix, quote unquote, fix your spouse. And so um, that is not the ultimate goal. You want to work on yourself first um, and pray for your spouse. And you need to try to have open discussion with them and realize that, I mean, it always takes two sides. Now, sometimes in some cases, one party may be trying while the other one is obstinate and really not wanting to make it work. Um, and sometimes that requires some further help getting some counseling or help from a pastor or some other professional counselor. And so, but it all starts with having discussions, having a conversation and not focusing on your own needs and wants, but trying to focus on what the other person needs. And so trying to put them first. And so hopefully this can help you. If you have any questions or comments, again, you can go to joshuarivers.net slash 017 for the show notes page. You can scroll down to the bottom where you can leave a comment in the comment section. And I would love to be able to hear from you if you have anything additional that you'd like to add to this. If you have any questions that maybe you want me to address on a future episode, you leave it in the comments there, or you can click on the contact or feedback button 
on the website as well. And I would love to be able to uh, hear from you and answer those on a future podcast episode or even just one-on-one. If you haven't left a rating and review on iTunes, I would definitely appreciate that. You can do that um, simply by going to joshuarivers.net slash iTunes, and you can be able to leave that rating review. That will greatly help the show to be um, more visible on iTunes, be able to move up the rankings, and that will help us to be able to grow the show and hopefully be able to expand the reach and the number of people that we are able to help and it also can help with getting more guests and better guests on. And so and hopefully that can be able to help improve the experience and the content that we're able to bring on the podcast as well. And so definitely would appreciate that. And with that, we're going to go ahead and sign off for this week. And I will talk to you again next week. And until then, God bless. God bless.